0: This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast
1: with Andrew McKay-Smith. G'day, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. I've got a conversation with Sam Bettley, the bassist, in Asking Alexandria to share with you. It's a very quick one. We talk about their new album titled Where Do We Go From Here?, Amongst some other topics. I think these guys are a group that are going to push for near headliner status over the years So I was a bit intrigued I must say because even though I'm not a This style of music. I'm not a fan of I quite like the vibe of these guys But look you be the judge, you know, I'm mainly into extreme metal But it's nice to mix it up and have some different conversations from time to time and this is one of them I do have a tune to share with you I have selected Psycho from the new album, let's get stuck into it. I'm feeling-
0: Tension's all I need To so feed my own anxiety Don't ask for forgiveness i rather want you read But man, I'll for clarity Something's awake and deep inside It's like I'm frozen, stealing time But in my head, it's like I'm in it Inside It's like I'm frozen, stealing time And in my head it's like I'm in a cage I hide behind the devil's eyes I've lost my faith a thousand times And in my head it's like I'm in a cage the okay. kid
1: what you guys are doing here okay i've actually played you a lot on my music show oh um, brilliant albums the last album i can't remember the name of it i'll play the singles you know the Let's see what's Chris. on the inside yeah i think so yeah yeah i was playing that one there and i, I try to have a block of rock i do a lot of death and black metal and stuff but i have a block of rock oh. and you guys are usually in it somewhere you guys and Corey are cool. actually in it this this last one so nice nice yeah, 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 but but where do we go from here? Like, what what I think for you guys though is that um, this could be the album that takes you up a notch. You know, like that so you've heard the whole dry. you've
2: you've got you've heard the whole album.
1: Yeah, I yeah, have, yeah.
2: Nice. Yeah. So I never know. Sometimes I've done like interviews like in Europe recently where like, we're talking and then halfway through I'm like, oh, wait, they've not heard it, <laughs> but you've definitely oh, heard oh it. My okay, God. Cool.
1: Yeah, okay, no, I was so, listening to it. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, man. I I'm really excited by this one, and uh, I think as well that's another reason why I think the rest more of us are willing and wanting to talk more um in the band it's not just necessarily Danny and Ben that take all the press like we've all got something to say on this because definitely um I think you could probably agree like there's such a well-rounded album that kind of covers every aspect of everywhere we've kind of journeyed in our musical career like from Mm -hmm. in the beginning when we were 17 to you know like stand up and scream like reckless kind of vibes mixed in with that kind of new uh new sound that we've been kind of uh, exploring, with, like see what's on the inside. So it's it's pretty well rounded. I'm I'm really excited.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like as though there, there's been a gap there for a while for a band to step up and take the heavier sounds of where Panic at the Disco are going. And I feel like as though you you guys are in that lane. Do you can you understand what I'm saying, or does that make any sense? Not wait,
2: heavier for, with
1: who? Uh, Panic at the Disco. So you know Panic how they've the gone disco? fall. You know how they've gone full oh, electro. Heavy yeah right and right, you know, right, right. They, they had some heavier moments beforehand and they had some right. moments that appealed to um oh, a, like, an audience he's his own thing in now anyway
2: really isn't it brendan he's he's like his own yeah. complete pop star kind of thing he's crazy we've actually crossed paths with those guys quite a few times it's pretty he's like larger than life that guy just doing his mm-hmm. own thing always <laughs> and i think like you're right really we've never really released the same album wants like if you go back in our discography it really truly is we've been quite stubborn in the past like where we're just like middle fingers up we're doing whatever we want doesn't matter what people say and it shocks a lot of people and you get a lot of backlash for it Um, you know I'm not gonna lie like um but I think this one that we've really kind of for the first time in a long time sat down and kind of this one's for the fans. This one's for the people that have been with us for 15 years, you know, Mm. we, 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 and it's about kind of taking yourself away from the canvas and not being too close to something you've created where you fall. You you, you become so protective over it. Whereas you stand back and you look at it. And I think, um, I'm, I'm honestly more proud of this record. Well, this one, funnily enough, this one and the last one, which are two completely different records. I'm, I'm so proud of those ones for different reasons. You know, Suits on the Inside was definitely a time where we all got together and, just through COVID, you know, like that crazy time where we are, we, we, we didn't see each other for months and months or uh, we just kind of locked ourselves away and created an album that we wanted to for the sake of us. It's like rehab almost, musical <laughs> rehab. Whereas this one, um, we're just kind of ready to go, ready to give the fans something they've been wanting and needing. So, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Yeah, no, I like it. I think it's great. I think you've done a great job on the heavy numbers. They're crushing. And the... um. The production side of things that's a team effort with you guys, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, we've uh, worked closely with Matt Good for years yeah. now. Um, he's done quite a few records uh, yeah, from the red album. we went and did the red album with um, Matt, which was Danny's return. Um, and since then we've we did uh, like a house on fire, See us on the inside. Matt came with us and, and even this one. Um, but this is every time we've done each record, not only does it sound different, we've created it in a different way too. Mm. Whereas he was on the inside, we were all together for the whole the whole thing, you know, shut ourselves away. We're eating together, we're sleeping in the same place, but you know, shut everyone out. Whereas this one we all kind of did it kind of remotely and technology kicked in and we were able to kind of virtually do this from our homes. We're all dads and family family guys now. So um, you know, which is nice because it's really it obviously there's nothing like getting in a room together and creating magic, but the creating side and then, and then like laying it down with production stuff that can happen. Um, you know, it's so easy to send things back and forth now, like, you might as well be in the same room, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but Matt's yeah. been a huge, yeah, he's been a huge, uh, huge part of our sound for, for a while now. And, uh, yeah,
1: I think he, uh, he definitely delivered on this one too. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. What, what favorite songs do you have any on the album specifically? I do,
2: uh, I do. Um, it's hard, it's hard, man. Cause I start. I, I do. And I start listening to it. They're all, i probably say, um, things could be different for me is, uh, it's one of the high energy heavier tracks. Yes. Um, it, it's got kind of like weird disco beats in, in, in the verses. Um, the bridge is just, I can't wait to play that one live just because it's just a wall of sound. And I think, uh, mm. It's so got elements of James. It is one of James's favourite drama. He's it's one of his favourites too, and specifically because like some of the production that's used in it is like take, there's a lot of influence from the film Dune. Oh, and, right. okay. Yeah, yeah, score from Dune. Like Matt was kind of influenced by that film when we were kind of laying this track down, and there's like elements of that with uh, the strings and stuff. If you listen to it again and like kind of listen yeah. to the, it's really cool. News, and, yeah. um, okay. So cinematic and heavy is just i can't wait to play it live because it's one thing to hear it on your studio monitors and stuff like that but getting out there and playing it live dark void we just um that's another one it's a single that we released people have heard that it's one of my favorites just because we've been playing it recently um uh, in europe when we did uh, all the europe circuit uh festival circuit mm-hmm. and i just went down and it felt like i was back it, it just it, i kind of felt like i was taken back to the time where like we were a, we were a really heavy band and live it, it was really kind of um We got that back from the crowd and it was just cool to see the energy from
1: dark void too yeah Mm. yeah so dark
2: void uh things be different but then let go is completely in contrast to that is such a powerful song on its own we did it with um well we had grace grundy who uh she's actually recorded um uh i don't need you off um off of like a house on fire and it never really got the light of day really that it deserved it just didn't we didn't kind of take it to radio or anything like that and it just didn't it wasn't a single and so we brought her back and she did um she's she's on this one now, Let Go, and I think it's just like so beautiful. Her vocals are like really angelic with Danny's raspy rock mm. voice, like is just such
1: a cool contrast. So
2: I really like Let Go too.
1: Yeah. Different That's reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of variety there. And look, one for the bass player, since I'm a bassist, which which song do you think has the is the gnarliest groove? The one you can really see. Gnarliest
2: groove. It's really hard because like a lot of these ones, um, are so buried. Um, but when I was, pl- I was playing them here, it took me a minute. Cause like Matt sent me a few ideas here and then I'd tweak them and go back and forth. But, um, Ooh, there's a couple, uh, I do like, again, things could be different just because it's, yeah. it's such, it's such a cool group. Like I, I, it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. Um, yeah, things could be different because I mean, again, it's one of my favourites, and um, probably selfishly, <laughs> for that reason, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, what about you? Just talk about base gear and that sort of thing. Do you have to think too hard about this stuff these days, or do you just have your go-to I mean, products? I'm,
2: honestly, man, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm really easy. I'm super like in the band. Like, I'm not a gearhead personally, um, but I've got I've, I've run it quite basic on um, live. I go through Axe FX, so I've just got my. Um, my tones all dialed in there. But like for this one, we went through, um, uh, I was doing a, I just used an Ampeg suite with a dark glass um, and I would go switch over to Parallax um, Neural DSP. I used that for some of the heavier tones. But the the dark glass was just, I mean, it's it's just crushing. (laughs) It it really is. So I kind of, I kept it pretty basic. I I pretty much have um, two or three patches live that I use and I'm pretty, you know, I don't get too crazy with the effects. Got like a grit, got a really warm tone for like some of like the ballads, like "Moving On." Mm. When I'm like playing with my fingers and stuff, and it's just a bit warmer. Um, but yeah, but these ones I've definitely gonna I'm gonna have to step out a little bit because I think I want some off fuzz and things here and there. As you can hear on the album, there's a few effects with the bass, especially. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, "Let the Dead Take Me." That one starts with drum and bass really. It's just and it's like such a crushing tone that uh, I really want to capture that live, but it's gonna take a bit of like work for me at home before I'm gonna do that <laughs> to figure out how I translate that to, to live, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, sweet. Yeah. Are they your uh, your your choice of basses there behind you because that's a very nice looking white. Is it a stingray or a sterling? It's a stingray actually. It's um it's an older one of mine. I can grab it
2: if you want to see it. Uh, yeah yeah stunning uh, it's a flat top stingray. And they made for me like this is years ago now. Um, it's, he- it's so heavy though. Uh. And it's I don't really play it very much live because I did it for a, a tour and I never really realized the beveled edge on the front of a Stingray is so important, especially when you play oh, really yes. give it some. Oh, My wrist right, yeah. was, getting, was getting ruined on this edge. It's beautiful. <sighs> it looks great. It sounds great, but it's a, it's a killer on the wrist.
1: I know why.
0: I've
2: got a few that are... um Sorry. I've got a few that are um, actually on the way back from England right now. Um, I've got my five strings that we kind of got a bit creative on the last album with. Um, uh, um, yeah, but they're lighter than. The,
1: have you have you played the new Stingrays? Have you the, how much weight that they've taken off them? No, I've got it's crazy. I've got this. One. This is my five. This is my five Stingray. Yep. Okay. Uh, so the 2006 edition. This is the anniversary one. That's, right, so right. that's a six. They get banged up a bit. Um, yeah, yeah, they're it, just you know. they're
2: workhorses, though, aren't they? I love them because it doesn't matter how dinged up and banged up they get. Like you take that out, it's just such a reliable instrument. Um, and you yeah. know, I've been with, the, with 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 Music Man for years, and they're just workhorses. All my techs that I've had in the past are just like, please don't ever change.
0: <laughs> oh, really?
1: Okay, yeah. You know, yeah, they're then... so easy
2: to work on, and I,
1: they're great. I love them. They're just solid, solid instruments. I know, I haven't changed for decades and I don't think I I don't think I could at this point. Yeah. Yeah. No, you get a little groove and you just think okay fair enough I'm going to stay with that. So and I, I I couldn't you know, I couldn't believe the difference in weight. The new
2: ones the new uh the new Stingrays that came out a few like maybe 3 years ago. Yeah. The five strings I've got are lighter than my four string
1: from oh, crazy. Like,
2: it's yeah. crazy. They've taken so much weight off and they were heavy but but um it's it's crazy.
1: It's streamlined yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, they're um, they're so expensive though. Now they're up to eight thousand dollars Australian, which is probably about five five. Uh, has a lot. Pound, you know, it's just it's it a, lot, a lot, lot of money. You to to go and buy a new one. You know, I've been, so, I've, been I've been extremely fortunate. Like, um, I've got a good relationship with them, and we kind of
2: they, they send me bases and stuff. But I remember in the beginning when I, I had like a, a sub, uh, <laughs> you see my oh, sub yeah. base and you know, just Stein, and um, I just never kind of even dreamed of of getting. Getting one when I was a kid, that it's like, yeah, they not are. Given one, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> that's great. You're
0: doing
1: very it very little, yeah. You're doing very but these but these things are over way too quickly. We just started, and I know you have got to go to your next one in like two minutes' time. So, uh, um... we just, we
2: did. Uh, that is, that's true. I was, I was a couple minutes late, though, so that was
1: my fault. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, no drums at break. all, mate. No. Well, just, just congratulations on doing what you're doing, man. You know, you're doing what all us bass players wish we could have done when we were younger and you just kept on doing it <laughs> and made a career out Thank of it. You, so you're, the, you're like the one in a million, mate. So congratulations hey, for that. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you so much. No worries, brother. All right, enjoy. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Have a good one, man. Well, there you go. Short but worthwhile. I hope it was anyway. Sam Bentley from Asking Alexandria. Something a bit different. Hmm. like to mix it up from time to time I've actually been thinking of branching out and talking to people about the supernatural and the unexplained as well but I think it might be a bit of a bridge too far but if you're listening and you like the idea do hit me up on socials or send me an email I'd appreciate it okay so if you like that chat there are many more longer ones much longer ones as a matter of fact the Stuart ancestors chat from cradle of filth goes for four hours at scarsandguitars.com you can immerse yourself in a world of conversations from hard rock extreme metal heavy metal and beyond and if you like listening well you're a smart audience you like reading as well and how's this for a pitch we all look at our phones as we're going to sleep don't we as we sit in bed and it's the last thing we do we tend to look at our phones and all the bullshit on social media well how about you give that a bit of a break and you check out my book I think you like it and you can always download a sample and there's some more information to share with you about the book in the moment before we get to that i'll bid you a farewell my name's andrew Mackay smith and i'm the host of the scars and guitars podcast until next time it's a very goodbye for now this is eric Rutan of cannibal corpse you are listening to the scars and guitars podcast with andrew mckay smith i've been the host of the scars and guitars podcast since 2017 The first musician I interviewed for the show was David Vincent from Morbid Angel and things have just snowballed from there. In all, I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought, I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara talking about Cold Chamber and why the band will never return.
0: You know, if you're a a band just starting out, you need to hear me. Do not start a band with
1: partners, ever. Yeah, wise words there. Sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I, I
2: can't go do Cold Chamber right now unless I get others involved.
1: Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career, which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment. I think the staying power of the, the fans and the
0: staying power of the, I, of the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs.
1: Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms that yes, playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Silenos from Demu Borgir write a book? Pa from Sabaton. Gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you. Look at the bandmates. If uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys want to be backstage, then it's not going to be cool. Current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material. Read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then President Donald Trump. We have this. Idiotic
0: monster, you know this egotistical, self-aggrandizing, complete piece of shit in there. I, I, I just, I just can't understand how we've gotten to this place.
1: And yeah, we kicked a hornet's nest with Sepultura. Percussive Overlord Gene Hoagland talks about recording with Chuck Schuldiner.
0: Chuck was always, um, you know, he was he was very, you know, very open-minded, and and he was into having his his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for, for the best stuff that they had.
1: Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson.
0: You know, my name is John Five and Manson gave me that name and uh, I had some of the best years of my life in that band and, and learned a lot.
1: And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother. All across Scars and Guitars Volume 1 there are moments of tension, relief, tragedy, exhilaration and throughout it all you'll obtain insight that I believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favourite artists. So treat yourself, Scars and Guitars Volume 1 is currently available as an ebook, with a print edition on the horizon. Follow the links attached and download a sample, I'm sure you'll
0: be compelled to read the whole book.